Welcome to the Big Fly Pod. Swung on a jump deep to right field. There it goes. See ya. First to the year. Oh. He tries one. Deep left field. That goes up to back near the wall. It's out of here. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 53 of the Big Fly Pod with the co-hosts Vinny D'Amato, Kame, and Tilu. Happy holidays to all our listeners and to these fellas. It is so good to be talking with you after the holiday. I know we connected prior to, but it's good to have everybody back. We have a little little bit of a short week. Kame's on uh, the winter break here for a couple of weeks. Feels like a couple of months. Uh, Vinny and I do return back to work here in uh, maybe tomorrow, right, Vinny? Tomorrow, I've maybe started today. Oh, you started today, loser. Um, yeah, great. Wait, well, we work hard here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boys, we're gonna talk Yamamoto. We're gonna talk hot stove uh, as well. Some other updates, and then we'll go through our next team on the Outlook uh, segment, which will be the Washington nationals but before we get to yamamoto let's check in with the fellas Vinny, how you doing buddy good had a nice christmas saw some saw some family members saw some friends and um you know just hung out yesterday it was just just me and the, the fiance hung out and we did something that we've never done we we did like a little chinese thai food for dinner kind of thing um so that was fun and uh yeah, just kind of hung out. It was a good day. Watched watched Polar Express. So, you know, all the little holiday things. Did gifts in the morning. It was a beautiful day. So, can't complain. Excited for New Year's. Love New Year's. Um, got some friends maybe coming over. So, can't wait. So, Vinny, it is the most wonderful time of the year. So, what was your worst gift? My worst gift? Not you seeing you. don't have to answer this question. <laughs> Not seeing you? Not talking baseball? <laughs> And the fact that we didn't get to pick it all, I swear to God. In this, So, yeah, we're in this this baseball league and one of these guys, he just takes forever to pick. And I'm just, uh-huh. just pick already. I want to draft. So yeah, that was my, my worst present, but yeah. Kame. Kai, what you got? Yeah. What's up, Kame? Yeah. Uh, boys, tell you what, Christmas was, Christmas was good. Um, you know, I think you said most wonderful time of the year. So on Christmas day, we go to my grandma's house on my dad's side of the family. And one of my favorite traditions that we do is we do steak and eggs on Christmas. So the girls will cook the eggs inside while the boys go outside and grill the steaks. And we tell inappropriate jokes to each other and have some alcoholic beverages. So it's a great time. One of my favorite traditions that we have in our family. Um, so it was awesome being around family, stuff like that. So can't complain. One of my favorite that days sounds, of the year. Oh my gosh. It sounds outstanding. Yeah. It, it, it's time. great. It's what kind great. of, what kind of, you got a grill out there? You smoker or what kind of, what are you working with? Yeah. So we have like a little setup where two charcoal grills. So it's old school, right? So you got to yeah. light, light the coals, do all that. And then mm-hmm. got two girls going at once, enough steaks for everybody. We all cook them all at the same time. And then, uh, you know, we're out there for like an hour or so. And then we head back in. Do you get to choose how you want the eggs done or? You know? There's a good mixture. Usually it's like over easy. It's kind of the common consensus, but a couple of people, a couple of people like the scrambled vibes, but a couple of people get scrambled, but sure. uh, I'm an over easy guy personally. So that does the yeah. job for me. That with a Miller light just goes absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, wonderful. absolutely. That just screams Christmas. Yeah. That just absolutely screams Christmas. Um, What did I do? I, uh, 
I, I figured you guys would ask me as well. No, I don't. Um, oh, okay. So let's go into Yamamoto. So no, tell us about your oh, holiday. Shut I, it. It was good. It was good. We, uh, what did we do? We went over to my parents. Uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve, went to uh, Cooper's Hawk, that restaurant, that winery restaurant, really mm-hmm. solid. Yep. Um, and then today, Abby and I did a little like. We don't so like with like everything going on, we're like we got to be ca- cautious of cost. So we're like, all right, so gift wise, why don't we just go get something together? And so we went and uh, got a sound bar for the TV. I'm absolutely jacked, little Sono sound bar. So yeah, we're yeah trying to trying to be conscious of like what we actually truly want, not necessarily need, but want. And the sound bar was the choice. So got a sound bar. Yeah, you gonna watch any movies on there? Are you. Anything no, hopefully, play? hopefully I'm able to game on there. Um, and oh. just yeah, yeah, like you know, hit a home run with uh Shoei Otani thinking, oh, I'll put him in a Cubs uniform on the show, make you feel like oh, I can feel whole again, mm-hmm. maybe throw Yamamoto uh, in game one of the World Series at Wrigley. Uh, but boys, he's gonna be in a Dodger uniform, and he's gonna be in a Dodger uniform for a heck of a long time. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the coveted Japanese right-handed arm, has picked L.A. as his new home. He signed a 12-year, $325 million contract with the Dodgers that includes a $50 million signing bonus. The Dodgers have now spent, in reference to the full lengths of both Otani and Yamamoto's contracts, over a billion dollars. The Dodgers will also have to pay an additional $50.6 million posting fee to Yamamoto's former Japanese club, the Oryx Buffaloes. The deal does feature player opt-outs each year, starting after the 2029 season till the end of his contract that will end after the 2035 season. The The Dodgers' new rotation features Walker Bueller, Tyler Glass, now Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, and Yamamoto. Now, I will give you, I will give you your flowers, Vinny. You did say that when we were comparing the D-backs and Dodgers rotation, you said Yamamoto's coming. And look at that. You were right, my friend. Hell of a deal. I mean, one of the best teams on paper that we've seen in quite some time. Vinny, the floor is yours, buddy. Your thoughts on the whole entire deal? I got, I got a lot, but I mean, it is one of those things like many people, you know, you kind of knew he was going to the Dodgers, but until you see it, it doesn't really feel, you know, once you see it, it kind of hits different. And so, I mean, big number. We knew he was going for two, 300 million, 325 is quite a bit. Um, I don't think I expected that high of a number, but this, I mean, this is the best rotation in baseball. And this is without Shohei Otani. So we'll, you know, they got some question marks with, with health, but there's, I mean, what, what more can you say? The one thing I will say is they don't have a lefty in that rotation. So that will be interesting to watch. Um, I'm not sure if they'll, you know, bring up some guy from the minor leagues or something, or, you know, maybe, I don't know who's going to get a, a spot start here and there in their bullpen, but I don't know if they care. I mean, if you got four or four studs like that, maybe you just don't care. But yeah, it's a change in the landscape of baseball right now. That's for sure. This team's going to be good for a long time. So don't, not much more to say. Just, yeah. KMA, KMA zero to a hundred. You're jealousy right now. Oh, uh, over a hundred easily. 
Um, you know, I envy owners who say, F it, we're going to go out and spend and try to win right now. I think that's what every owner should do in the league, but obviously there's owners out there who don't want to do that. Um, but yes, very, very jealous. Um, I wish I was a Dodgers fan right now. Um, you know, they're going forth, they're shooting for the moon and rightfully so they have the resources to do it. Um, you know, Vinny touched on having some question marks with health in that rotation. I'm curious to see, I'm always curious to see how, um, players who come from overseas, how their game transfers to the game here in the U S so the first couple of months, it'll be interesting to see kind of how his stuff plays here in the U S I think, I mean, I, I think everyone was expecting him that to shove and be a good pitcher here, um, in the major leagues. Um, but I'll be, I'll be watching for that personally here in, uh, April and May, kind of see how he does, how he settles in with his first few starts here. Um, yeah, look for them to add. I think someone who just can, can ease some innings just because of the uncertainty with glass now. Um, you know, you don't know how many innings he, he can pitch th- throughout. Same thing with Bueller coming up with Tommy John. Um, you know, maybe someone like a Gilito would make some sense or even like, a, um, I don't know who else is out there right now. Why am I blanking on names? Um, Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah. Just guys who can need some innings. I mean, they, they probably need one more guy just to fill, fill another spot. But it'll probably only be for one more year with, with Otani coming into that rotation in 2025. So great move for the Dodgers. Like I said, they're going for it. And yeah, very, very jealous. Wish I was a Dodgers fan. You mentioned it right there, KMA. One thing to note, this is the largest deal ever for a pitcher disregarding Otani. Um, but Garrett Cole's deal of $324 million has now been beat by $1 million for a guy who has never touched a big league mound. But who is Yoshinobu Yamamoto? We talked about him on the episode with Sean Spradling, which was... Uh, which is the interview that Vinny and I did, which was very, very insightful and a lot of numbers and a lot of things that Sean was able to give as to what this guy truly is going to bring to baseball here in the States. Um, He's a 25-year-old right-hander. He debuted in the MPB in 2017. Uh, His 2023 stats alone are tremendous. 17-6 and record with a 1.16 ERA with a .86 whip, 176 strikeouts to 28 walks. Um, his career stats, 68 and 29, 1.84 ERA, 0.94 whip, 910 strikeouts to 204 walks. Um, he's thrown, I believe it's two to three no hitters now in consecutive seasons, three straight uh, Sawamura awards, the MPB equivalent to the Cy Young award. Um, and he won the pitching uh, triple crown for the third straight season. This guy is dominant. We saw him in the world baseball classic, a man that we should all get to know fairly quickly because people think right now with this rotation, they're saying if they're in a playoff tomorrow, Yamamoto is starting game one, which is tremendous. One other thing to note as well, and Kame mentioned this, where Otani then comes back in 2025. They're also going to have Dustin May coming back. So the Dodgers are a train that's that's going to be coming to through all of the U.S. and it's going to absolutely dominate in any sense. Now, there's still some holes that we'll maybe talk about when we get to the Dodgers segment or, or the Dodgers outlook for the 2024 season because we definitely want to hold off on doing that until probably uh, at least spring training just because they're going to make some moves. But this is a team that's going to dominate. And like you said, KMA, you said it very, very well, where it's owners that do these types of things. I, I commend them and I thank them because baseball needs more of this. And I think we're going to see more of this moving forward. Um, But yeah, this is a team 
this is insane. This is just insanity. And the revenue that's going to be generated now from the Japanese markets and the, and the worldwide market of knowing that these two guys are going to be in LA. I heard something interesting too, where they talked about like the New York symbol, like the New York hat symbol that is worn across the world and how the LA symbol has started to kind of populate more and more. People think that's going to really start to generate too. So, Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like, like you said, when we talked to Sean, Baseball's starting to get more and more, you know, widespread. Not that it wasn't already, but especially in countries that have never had baseball before, now the stage is being brought to it. So I'm curious to see what number he'll pick. Um, I don't know if you guys saw too, because numbers mean something to these players, right? Did you guys see Shohei gifted uh, Joe yeah. Kelly's wife a, a Porsche? I don't know if you saw yeah. that because she was the one who started the the trend to make sure Shohei gets number 17. So um, you know, it's just a sign of respect. So I'll be curious to see what uh, what Yamamoto picks. I don't know what's still available for them, but um, just little things like that make it fun, make it exciting. Yeah. Really quick, too. Um, you mentioned there they do not have a left handed left handed arm in the rotation. Kershaw, of course, is a guy that they would look towards halfway through the year, but that's a big buildup for a guy who's at who's at uh, who obviously is a lot older now and 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 when we think of Kershaw isn't necessarily the same Kershaw that used to be one arm though that I'm kind of just throwing out there that has started to circulate rumors is Lazardo out of Miami that would be that's unfair that's it is unfair cheat codes that's MLB the show cheat codes right there. that's that's exactly it like that's that's not that's putting ignore budgets on your on your system and just and, just and accept all, all trades yeah accept all yeah. trades yep it's crazy man crazy and then so one other thing i saw today too rumors now are class a and bieber are potential targets for them as well which i know has been kind of circulating but oh man i've seen them connected to hater yeah i've seen them connected to every yeah. closer have yeah. you guys have you guys seen the tweet that's like predicting every free agent for the rest of the offseason and like every single one was to the Dodgers? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Crazy, dude. Crazy. This is um now it's good for baseball. We can all agree. But people are gonna look at this and start to say, like, this is how it's gonna go. These big market teams are just gonna buy all these teams. But I think people need to remember that baseball is a completely different sport and that it it during the playoffs, it's a completely different game than the regular season even. So the Dodgers can go out there and win 120 games. But lo and behold, you go out there with a better rotation that day or, the, or, or throughout the three to four games, five games of the you know opening wild card or whatever it is, like everything is, it's so different from every other sport. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, and I, I think it's fun when, you know, they're building up the evil empire, right? Like this is the Death Star being built. And now which Luke Skywalker team is going to come in and blow up the Death Star? Like, I don't know, Star Wars reference. What else you got? But it was great. Yeah. I mean, you know. Shohei is now Darth Vader, and you know there's a lot of probably things you could could do with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's you know David versus Goliath. I'd love love to see another Diamondbacks team take down the Dodgers in the playoffs. I think that's fun, right? That's cool because 
pressure's on him, right? I mean, it's not easy to play with, you know, a $700 million man on your team. Now it's like, oh, we, we have to win. If we don't win, that's a huge loss. Like, you know, so it's a, it's a wasted season. So it's World Series or bust for the next five years for them every year. Agreed. I I was uh, sitting here writing this all up, all the notes and all that, and I thought about it and I said how great it's going to be if we do get – and I, I'm a Cub fan, die hard, but let's all be honest. If we can either get a Phillies-Dodgers NLCS or a Phillies-Braves NLCS, it'll be the best thing for baseball because that would just be – that would be that would be the greatest stars in the world on the best stage on the biggest light you know biggest stage bright lights be amazing. I'd love to see uh, the Orioles make it in the AL. That way you have like a young up and coming team versus you know the purchase team of the Dodgers or something or even the Bra. I mean, there's so many there's so many good teams that it's not a runaway. You know the Dodgers are spending more money than anyone, but it's it's certainly not a runaway. I still. I'm still not sold that they're a better team than Atlanta, you know, like, which is crazy to think about, but Atlanta is a juggernaut of an offense. So, you know, there's, we'll, we'll dive into those teams as we go further into the off seasons. So stay tuned, but Atlanta is a juggernaut and they will hopefully add another arm or two. And I'm not sold that the Dodgers are better yet. I'm really not. Yeah. You touched on it too, T. Lou, but everything changes in the playoffs, right? Like any given team on any given day, any given series can come out completely different than what people expected. So, interesting to see how it plays out throughout the season um and kind of what the uh you know obviously it'll be the teams at the top um but it'd be cool to see kind of how that shakes out come october which is a while from now but looking forward to that yeah yeah and we we talked about it a lot uh when the glasnow deal went down but you got glasnow who is gonna probably go into Potentially, obviously, the goal is is to have him exceed that number of innings that he did in 2023 with 180. You're going to try to push for that, and then you also have to push Bueller. You know, right. Bueller's got to go. Like, you can't have – so if I'm looking at this right now, if we're going into a five-game series, right, NLCS – or NLDS, excuse me, because they're likely going to win – they're obviously probably going to win the division, but you go NLDS. So you got Yamamoto game one. Bueller and Glasnow, right? A one, two, three, which is really, really solid. But then you got to face Bobby Miller, and then you got to face Emmett Sheehan. I'm saying all this, and I'm saying, wow, this is great. But if Glasnow or Bueller don't don't come through this year and have injuries, you're putting Bobby Miller again on that big stage, which is probably the best thing for Miller for his career and for the Dodgers moving forward. But we saw what happened. My assumption is that, you know, if I'm the Dodgers, maybe this is why they're signing so many guys. If I'm the Dodgers, I'm not expecting 200 innings out of glass now or Bueller for that matter. I mean, Bueller's fresh off of Tommy John. This will be his first year pitching. You know, maybe they only run him out for four innings for his first 10 starts or something like that. Maybe he's got a hard cap at, you know, 60 pitches for a while because they'll need him for the playoffs. And so I, you know, I'd be shocked if if either of them, if especially if Glasnow and Bueller go, you know, 150 plus, both of them, I would be amazed. And so maybe that's what they're planning on. You know, maybe, you know, like like Kyle said, they'll bring in another guy to eat some innings, some of those extra innings. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe they're just playing for some injuries because they're a smart organization. They know that injuries happen. We've seen it from many, many teams and you know, they have some pitching depth too. Don't sleep on Sheehan. Obviously, don't sleep on Miller. 
They got plenty of guys in the minor leagues that can come up and, and pitch as well. So we'll see. It'll be a fun, fun year for them. Yeah, we don't see this often either, but they could even play around with the six-man rotation if they wanted to a little bit, just to kind of limit those innings from Bueller and from Glasnow and even Yamamoto when he first gets here. Um, you know, like I said, we don't see it often, but that's something they, they could definitely consider if they wanted to sign one more guy just to kind of limit those innings uh, from those top guys. Yeah, and there and there's still some very high quality arms. I mean, hell, there's still um Shoto Imanaga, I believe, is still available. Lefty, yep. if I'm yep. if I'm not mistaken. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they just want to, if they want to, hey, like, hey, look, look what you got here with Otani and, and Yamamoto, and you immediately slide in, and we'll have you be, you know, a five six guy. And like you just said, KMA, that is that is a fantastic idea, and I, I wouldn't doubt that they go with that. Well, boys, it's it's a lot of fun to talk about, but I think what's more exciting is uh, that. As Yamamoto now has fallen off of, of the bulletin board, we are now going to start to see things really unravel. Hopefully, we keep saying this, even after the Otani deal, we thought everything would keep going right away, and um, maybe we were all just a little impatient. But a uh, couple guys have come off the the uh, the board here in the last couple of days. Uh, catcher slash DH Mitch Garver reportedly signs a Two-year deal for $24 million with the Seattle Mariners. Still pending a physical, which is going to be done here after the after the holiday. Uh, he slashed a 270, 370, 500 slash line that rounded out a 870 OPS this past season with uh, playing in 87 games. Wild little stat here. He This is the first multi-year deal for a free agent hitter that the Mariners have reached under president of baseball operations, Jerry Tipoto who arrived prior to the 2016 season. That is insane. That's wild. That's wild. Because Julio was their big, you know, their big extension, right? But it's crazy. I think he's a great pickup. I I love the pickup because I know that things have been weird this offseason for the Mariners, but now, you know, they solidify their their catching depth. Um, And this is sort of his role with the Rangers as well. But now you add a, a pretty nice bat in the middle of that lineup that now I'm not so concerned about the Mariners like I was. Yeah, and if you remember, too, they had signed or they had, you know, gotten Sebi Zavala in a trade not too long ago with um, was it the White Sox, right? And so um, yeah. now, you know, D-backs, or yeah. D-backs, you're right, you're right. Yep, um, I was still thinking Sebi was on the White Sox. Um and so, yeah, Mitch Garver and Cal Raleigh now are, are a great one-two punch a catcher. And we've seen some some good teams, you know, kind of go in this route. Like we just saw with the Texas Rangers, you know, you had Mitch Garver and Jonah Heim, um, you know, give some, you know, Atlanta, Sean Murphy and Travis Darno. Like there's a lot of teams that have two very, very good catchers, you know, give, give your guy a break and, you know, because it's a brutal position. And Mitch Garver is a, he's a veteran. He knows how to hit a baseball, and uh, he's a good catcher back there. So, um, yeah, great, great pickup for the Mariners. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, they kind of shipped, shipped shipped off some power with Suarez going to the D-backs. And then they also – well, I felt like they traded somebody else away, no? Kalanick. Kalanick, Kalanick that's right. Yep, they yeah. shipped Kalanick away too. So they add some more power back to the middle of that lineup that they kind of lost with the previous trades. So solid move for them. I like it a lot. I would love to see them go after Bellinger. I think he'd fit really well in that outfield, especially with Tasker Hernandez going out the door too, most likely to free agency. Um, I think that'd be a really good replacement for them in the outfield. Um, so look out for that as a potential fit, maybe. Love yeah, that. currently they have I love that. 
currently they have Dominic Canzone is their their right fielder, which I don't know much about him. I I never heard knowledge. <laughs> exactly. I've never heard Not of him. Do my, so. That didn't do didn't do my notes on that one. Yeah, yeah and Cade Barlow and left. So yeah, I think that's a good good call out, Kyle. That'd be a huge, huge ad for them and a good one. Good yeah. fill for the need. <clears throat> Yeah, because, I mean, the Julio deal was so substantial for that organization, and you felt like that they were not doing what the Dodgers are doing now, but you felt like they were going to make some pretty hefty moves. Again, it's still early, and people don't realize that there are still a lot of names on the board. I, and I know I know most people would say, yeah, of course, we're impatient. We want all these names coming up. There is, there is a lot of talent still available and especially guys that are potential trade targets as well. Um, there's some good things coming, hopefully, hopefully for the Mariners, because things looked a little dim there for a little bit. Um, other news, Kevin Kiermeyer uh, returns to the Toronto Blue Jays on a one-year deal for around $10 million, pending a physical as well. The outfield stays the same as it did last year as of now with Varsho, Springer, and Kiermeyer back in the fold. People around the league now are saying that this – probably takes them out of the Bellinger sweepstakes just because obviously with Guerrero Jr. over at first, now you solidify that entire outfield. I would think you're not signing Kiermaier for $10 million if you're going to bring over uh, Bellinger. And I don't see a Varsho trade happening just because it just happened from the D-backs. Uh, Springer is going to be there for a few more years with his deal. Um, and Kiermaier is, uh, literally one of the best defensive center fielders in all of baseball. Vinny, I think belly is going to be a cub now, but I've seen crazier things happen, but this, this seems pretty evident. Yeah. There's still maybe a couple teams who might be in on belly, but yeah, you definitely don't bring in Kiermaier if you're, if you're still in the works for Bellinger, because I mean, he's a stud in center field. He's just as good as Cody Bellinger out there. Not as good with the bat, um, but great signing for them. I mean, I think that their their offense is already pretty solid as it is. I mean, maybe a couple question marks, but you know, overall, they they think they have a very good team. You know, offensively and defensively and pitching. So this just kind of fills up a gap that they had. Now they don't have to, you know, rely on maybe Spencer Horowitz to fill out a right field spot. They can put George Springer over there or, you know, whatever the case is. Dalton Varsho now can sit in left field. He's a great defender as well. So, um, yeah, great signing by them. Okay, man, anything to add there, buddy? Yeah, I agree. I was like what Vinny said. I mean, one of the best defensive center fielders in the game, um, you know, so he'll solidify that center field spot. And I agree with what you guys said, too. I think that kind of takes him out of the Bellinger sweepstakes for sure. Um, be curious to see what they do with the rest of their offseason because, I mean, they have some work to do, too. Um, just given the division that they're in and given the season they had last year. So we'll see. Yep. The Yankees got better. Uh, the Orioles are going to be a lot better this year than they already were. They already won a hundred games last year. Don't count out the Tampa Bay Rays. Even after their Glasnow deal, they are always, always going to be in the fold uh, with the way that their team is coming along. And the Red Sox, while they, you know, quote unquote lost out on Yamamoto and other teams, which they ended up not being in the top three anyways, but the Red Sox are their Their fans are, are getting impatient and they want to see this team get back into the fold. So it's going to be a bloodbath in the AL East this year. I think we're going to see, I don't think we will see a team with a losing record. If I'm being honest, I don't think we will. Yeah. That's how it was last year for like past the also rig. I think they all were over 500, right? Yeah. So. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely a bloodbath, and it'll be fun to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, the Red Sox will need to add a pitcher because, I mean, right now yeah. their SP1 is Chris Sale. So I think, you know, he's great, but you're not going to rely on him for a full season. And they got Nick Pavetta, Bram Bayo, Cutter Crawford, Tanner Houck, like good, solid guys. I think that's the only question mark as to whether or not all these teams finish above 500. But, um, you know, it's, it's the best division of baseball by – a, a long shot it's it's going to be a fun one to watch it will be it will be i just want to pull up one thing really quick and i want to make a very very funny uh comment here for kame uh kame so chris sale is going to return to the south side um after the white Sox do send uh or the red Sox send chris sale back to the south side for dylan cease straight um up. along with uh yeah well yeah i was thinking straight up maybe you throw in a guy like you know chris martin but uh, i'm feeling it kame i'm feeling it buddy no thank you you think they have the cut you think they can like tape back the jersey back together for him when he gets back <laughs> in or what you got jokes, do you, T. Lou? Uh, <laughs> what it is, it is, honestly would be great to do an hour long segment on how ridiculous that whole season was. Who is the guy? Who is the kid? Was it LaRoche? Oh, LaRoche, yeah, LaRoche's kid. What's crazy about that team is in April, they were like the best team in baseball. April and May, they had like the best record in the league. And then they, they were fell loaded. Up, and then they fell apart, and the drama all started after that. So insane. Beautiful. Beautiful drama. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful drama. Um, all right. Oh, one last thing here that I want to make sure I mentioned. Vinny texted us about it. Uh, the Yankees sent outfielder prospect Estevan Florial to the Guardians for long reliever Cody Morris. I don't have too much knowledge on these guys. All I saw was that just Florial was uh, previously a pretty high-level uh, outfield prospect. Um, and then uh, they got a nice little long reliever now in Cody, Cody Morris or Vinny. Is that sort of what you read as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've known Florio for, you know, I say I've known him, known him on a first name basis. No, um, I I've followed Florio for, for quite a few years now. And um, I, I think he's got, he legit tools wise. I, I looked up his, his tools. He has 70 grade speed and 60 grade raw power. I mean, and that's those that 60 grade raw power might even be a little low. The guy hits the ball hard and he's got speed to steal 20 plus bases, maybe even 30 bases in the major league. So he really has the makings or what it could take to be a star as far as raw tools, but he just, he strikes out way too much. And um, I don't think he lifts the ball enough. So it's one of those things like the Yankees tried to unlock him for years and years and years. And, Maybe he just needed some run in the major leagues, but the Yankees weren't willing to give it to him. So maybe he'll get that in, in Cleveland. So watch out for him. I mean, the guys, the guys got tools. The guys got really loud tools. They, someone wrote here in 101 games last year, he hit 284, 385, 65 with 28 home runs and 79 RBIs and stole 25 bases. So hung into 100 games to almost go 30, 25. Like that's nuts. Like the guys got tools. So. I'm really excited for him. I hope he gets some run. Um, and Cody Morris is another one. He's got really great stuff, 60-grade changeup and fastball. But last year he walked 16% of batters. That's not going to get a ton in the major leagues. You just can't walk can't walk 16% of guys. And he's had some injury concerns. So, again, it's one of those maybe just a fresh start for both guys is going to, um, you know, kickstart their careers a little bit or hopefully some, you know, the teams can find a special key and unlock them. But, 
Um, both guys have talent, that's for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm, I really hope Florio turns into something because I've been hoping on him for a while. I had to drop him a couple years ago, but um, I hope he turns out turns out well for them. I didn't realize that that was. I, I kind of diminished what he did because yeah, he's he's a stud. He he if he gets the playing time, he he definitely could turn into like a quad A player if you've heard that phrase before. You know, they just kind of bounce between triple A and they never quite figured out in the major leagues. Like Joe Adele is kind of turning into a quad A player, right? Like yeah. super high level. He is like Joe Adele. Like he was Joe Adele before Joe Adele. So, um, except I think he's got a little bit more power, which is just, insane. I don't know. So just watch out for him. Maybe he flops and never figures, figures out his, his strikeout abilities. I think he struck out. I had it here in 20, 22 in the major leagues. I mean, small sample. He struck out 37% of the time. Like it's just, again, you know, like maybe there's a tweak there or something. I don't know. So I just, I, I hope the best for these guys because it's fun to watch. And when they're, when they're on their game, it makes it that much more fun. Absolutely. Kim, anything to add there or can we move on here to the nationals? No. Yeah, we can move on. You guys mentioned it. Good change of scenery guys. Um, so, you know, maybe, Change of scenery is better for them and better opportunities with the new clubs that they're on. And I, I did want to mention too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like furthering that. And we just saw the Yankees trade away some of their pitching depth. So this hopefully, you know, gets them another guy that they can plug in at the back end of their bullpen or long reliever. So, you know, giving away some of their big names in, in the back end, you know, now they well, got another well, arm. So because Soto is going to resign with them, right? He's going to resign in New York. Well, he's going to yeah. resign, and he's he's actually started to pitch off a of mound. So he's he's trying to Shohei two point Juan Shohei Soto. Yeah, exactly. Juan yeah. Juan Shoto. Yeah, Boris yeah. would need to get, Boris would need to be fired for that to happen, but that ain't going to happen. All right, boys. Well, let's go into uh, our next team here on our twenty twenty four. Outlook segment, uh, which will be the Washington Nationals. They finished the 2023 campaign with a 71 and 91 record. Lineup looks pretty similar to uh, last year that we're seeing now. Uh, per you know, many of the pages that we look at, we see a lot of the same names that are going to be in that lineup: Stone Garrett and left. Uh, Victor Robles in center, Lane Thomas in right field. Nick Senzel, who is a free agent that he just brought in on a one-year deal, will be manning third base. C.J. Abrams at short, Luis Garcia at second base. Joey Manessis over at first base. Kiebert Ruiz at, uh, in, at the backstop. And Carter Keboom. Some other names as well being tied to that DH position. Even a guy that we will talk about here in a little bit that's a, you know one of their top prospects. Projected starting rotation. At this point, Mackenzie Gore, Patrick Corbin, Josiah Gray, Jake Irvin, and Trevor Williams. Before I ask the fellows on their thoughts on this team, um, I want to bring up a little segment called Contract Burden. They are paying Steven Strasburg $35 million a year until 2027 and then $26 million in 2027 and 2028 in deferred payroll. They are still paying Max Scherzer $15 million a year until 2027 in deferred payroll. And finally, Patrick Corbin is in his last year of his $35 million deal, or excuse me, his $35 million that will receive this year from his large deal he signed a few years back. But then they will also be paying $10 million to him in 2025 in deferred payroll as well. That is just brutal. That's one of the worst situations I've heard 
in reference to a team that does not need to be in this situation, boys. Um, Vinny, I'll, I'll start with you, buddy. Uh, just your overall sort of perspective of this team. And, um, you know, we'll talk about the where the Juan Soto deal has landed them, but just starting kind of just giving your uh, sort of perspective on the team. It's uh, it's not good. I'm actually, uh, you know, there's a couple of teams that we've already talked about that I think their major league roster is better than than the Nationals. They may have, you know, they're definitely bottom five. Where where are they ranked? I forget what number are we on. Where are they? Do you know power rankings wise? According to MLB? give me a sec, I'll look. Keep going. I want to say that they're like twenty fifth or something. But anyways, I mean, yeah, this is a team that I, I'm more excited to talk about their up and comers. I mean, let's let's get it straight. C.J. Abrams is a potential star. He's you know only twenty three years old, so um, give him some time to figure it out. But he stole forty seven bags last year. Um, You'd like to see him hit a little better than 245 and get on base better than 300, but 18 home runs, 47 steals right at the top of your lineup. That's a great top piece for them. Um, Blaine Thomas is another big one that I'm huge on. Tyler and I just drafted him in a, in a dynasty league together. So I, I'm very, very high on Lane Thomas. He hits the ball very hard. Um, you know, and I can do a little bit more of a dive into him as we, as we talk, but it's just not good. They're, they're the exciting part of this team comes from the, the prospects there's no doubt about it yeah they are ranked uh 24th per mlb.com you know the the too early for 2024 power rankings which a lot of these teams towards the bottom ranks um maybe besides like the royals because of the moves that they've made here in the past couple of weeks but it's pretty accurate i mean they're better than the angels in my opinion the pirates the white Sox, the rockies and the a's so this is this is fairly accurate we'll talk about the tigers on the next episode which i think that they're in a good spot but um great breakdown k-may your thoughts buddy yeah um as vinny said not very good um a lot of room for improvement and that salary situation is atrocious that you guys touched on too brutal huh um, that's oh my god i didn't even realize it was that bad that's horrible yeah <laughs> so they're gonna be like in the dumpster for a while i think because you have, when you have that much dead money it's really hard to kind of pull yourself out of there and be competitive unless you're like the tampa bay rays who consistently are able to compete um at a low payroll but it's going to be tough sledding for these guys they do have some exciting guys in the system coming up which i'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit here um but their starting starting rotation was one of the worst in baseball if not the worst in baseball last year so they definitely need to improve on the pitching end. Um, a lot of their prospects, again, as we'll talk about, are position players. They don't have a lot of pitching pitching guys coming up, I don't think, from what I saw. Um, so that'll be an area that they can look to improve maybe. Maybe adding a couple of guys there, whether it be via trade, whether it be via some smaller names via free agency. Um, but definitely a lot of work to be done. It was tough sledding for these guys for sure last year. Absolutely. Uh, my thoughts on it is, yeah. Let's wait a couple more, a uh, couple more years, um, and things will. Things are looking up though, and the reason why they are is because of a deal that was made that um, was one of the largest deals and trades that this man, this man has been in two of these large trades at this point. Juan Soto. We've now seen C.J. Abrams, uh, who's the starting shortstop of the future, come over in that trade. Mackenzie Gore, who's already in the rotation, 
uh, Robert Hassel III, who is on track to hit the majors in 2025. James Wood, who is the number two overall prospect for the Nationals. Um, he, he was also the Nationals 2023 minor league player of the year. Um, and then finally, the last two names on that list, Jarlin Susana. Hopefully I pronounced that name right, but he's a pitching prospect. He's number 12 overall. And then Luke Voigt, which I think he is probably just the minors at this point. Um, but top prospects wise, um, you know, they're, you know, for, for the sake of time, we'll, we'll mention them briefly here and let the fellows give their thoughts, but talk about a couple guys. That's going to be the future of their outfield, which is Dylan Cruz. He was the first round pick in 2023. Uh, we mentioned him, James Wood, who had a, uh, who hit a slash line at 262, 353 and 520 with 26 home runs and 91 RBIs and 129 games between high A and double A this past season. Um, we said, mentioned him earlier, Robert Hassel, and then Elijah Green, who is a freak athlete, who was a high school draft pick, I believe, out of from 2022 or 2021 out of IMG Academy in Florida. He's an absolute stud. Brady House, probably why uh, Senzel was brought in just on a one-year deal. Uh, Brady House is an excellent prospect from third base. And then Cade Cavalli, a right-hander as well. Vinny and Kame, any other names to mention? Vinny, I'll, I'll let you start. Um, do you want me to mention more names or should I dive into some of the, whatever you want to do, my friend, whatever you want to do. I mean, if I, if I talk too much, just tell me to shut up. But I, you know, this, I, I, you know, I, I mentioned how exciting this team is, but at the same time, I'm looking at some of the guys that they've had over the last few years, their development is, has not had a good track record over the last four, four years or so. I mean, some of the big names that they've had. Carter Keyboom, if you have heard of him at all, right? He was a big name for a few years and just fell off a cliff. Robert Hassel, the third, was another, you know, he was a top five prospect in a lot of circles and he kind of just never figured it out once he was right on that precipice for, for the major league. So he never figured it out. And last year, the big one was Elijah Green. He fell off a face of it, he fell off the face of the earth, too. I mean, he had 302 in 2022. And then in 2023, he hit 218 or 210 in single A. Um, so they just they haven't put it together for a lot of these guys. So I think there are some players like Dylan Cruz, I think, is. How do I want to put it? What's the phrase? Um, development proof. Like, I don't think that the Nationals can really mess up a guy as talented as Dylan Cruz. I think he he is the total package, but. You know, at the same time, we've said that about a few other people, and you know, they've kind of fallen off. James Wood, though, freak athlete, Elijah Green, freak athlete, but they just haven't been able to help these guys with their strikeout problems. That's that's a lot of the issues for them. So we'll see. I mean, I if they can figure it out, that's a scary offense with Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Elijah Green. I, I think Robert Hassel, we gotta temper our expectations. But with those guys, Lane Thomas, CJ Abrams, I'm still a big fan of Stone Garrett and you know, they'll just have to add some pitching, but yeah, that's, that's my brief take on, on their top prospects. Okay. Man, what about you, buddy? Yeah. I'm really excited about Brady house. I think that's a name to look out for. He's their third, um, third ranked prospect right now. So not necessarily like a sleeper, um, but he had three twelve last year, started in low a ended up in double a by the end of the year. Um, absolutely raked hit three twelve, slugged four ninety seven, OPS eight sixty two. Um, how many homers? 12 homers, 47 ribbies. Yeah, the guy just raked last year. Um, corner corner infield guy. You know, he's he's played third throughout his minor league career. Could even slide him over to first maybe if you want to um, after they just after they just made that signing um, 
to plug plug the plug the hole over at third base with Senzel. Um, but yeah, definitely an exciting guy to watch for. I'm excited for him. I, I actually saw some highlights on him, and the guy's is a beautiful swing. So that's my prospect to look out for. You know, you mentioned those other guys too. Cruz is a really exciting prospect. I think we all recognize his days from LSU playing in the College World Series. Um, but yeah, so there's a, there's some talent at the high end. You know, Vinny touched on how they've struggled to develop players, and I think that's kind of a microcosm where they're at as an organization, right? Because they haven't been able to develop very well. Um, but we'll see, you know. It's always exciting to see young guys get their get their shot. And with a team like the Nationals, you know, come August, come September, a lot of these guys are going to get shot, going to get a shot to see, show what they can do. So, should be fun to see them get get there once they have their opportunity. Absolutely. Was Brady House? I can't find. I could have sworn Brady House was with the Dodgers at some point. Was he part of a trade? I keep looking. If it, we don't, don't have to look too long. Think but so. I think he, he wasn't. Was. Who? Am I? I could have sworn I was thinking of someone that. Yeah. I thought it was Brady House, but anyways. No, he's drafted in 2021 first round by the Nationals. Mm. Yep. yep. There must be another house. There must be another home guy. I don't know. Or Brady. House okay. home. Well, yeah. All right. Speaking of home, uh, I got dinner here, boys. Um, and this was this was a ton of fun. This was a great episode. And hopefully by next week, we're having some big, big names start to roll off the board. Um, but to everyone that tuned in, again, thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Big Fly Pod, and we'll talk to you soon.